Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you will be blessed by your time with us today. Good morning. morning. Happy Resurrection Day. So let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to gather here. Thank you for your love and your peace and your goodness and just always being faithful and always being true and always being there. Thank you for this day that we get to celebrate the resurrection and the life and and get to um, just live it out in our own lives too. And we thank you for that in the mighty name of Yeshua, Jesus. Amen. Good morning. Good to see everybody this morning, and you're like, I got to turn my ringer off because sometimes people call. I was actually <laughs> preaching one time, and I was like, it's not like God's going to call me, and my phone rings. And it was an unknown number, and I'm like, God? <laughs> it wasn't God. It was a telemarketer, but I mean, whatever, right? So from now on, I just turn this off, right? So um, I am happy to be alive this morning. And I'm thankful for Jesus, and I'm happy because I rode with Linda <laughs> in the Mustang. And so, like, we go, like, I'm, oh, we're going to be late. No, we're not going to be late. I got this. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, Lord Jesus, I'll be prayed up to preach this morning. So I made it. I'm alive. And actually, it's, it's, she does pretty good. She could be a professional race car driver if she wanted, right? <laughs> but that's what we get to celebrate today. Today's about life and about celebrating Jesus and about celebrating his goodness and celebrating a finished work, right? Because Jesus died. We celebrated Passover, and we get to celebrate Passover. And I am talking to this side, too. Like, I get to have it because the camera's there, and I try to train on it. So if I'm talking too much over there, I'll, I'll lean back over here. But anyway, but we celebrated Passover, and Passover is about the perfect sacrifice lamb, about it's actually Jesus is who it is. It's representing Jesus and the sacrifice of the lamb that they took in and, and, and they ate and they put on the doorpost of their, of their house. And when the death angel come, it passed over them, right? And so there's power in, in the death of Jesus. There's much power in the death of Jesus. But if we just stay right there in the death of Jesus, we're going to be, be really disappointed because he didn't just die for us. But he rose again, and he rose again in victory. And so this morning, I want, I want to talk a little bit about that. But um, having the Passover, Passover last night, celebrating Passover, is pretty, pretty Jewish to have questions, right? You, you'll find out there's very many, many, many questions. And so as I was praying, I thought, well, we need some questions, right? And so I'm going to ask you guys a few questions this morning, and I'm going to start in Joel chapter 2, verse 12. You're like, that's not Easter. That, that might be more like, like for Shavuot or Pentecost, but you can't go to Joel chapter 2 for Easter. And I was like, watch me. <laughs> okay, so here, so here we go. And I really love this. And, and where am I at? Joel chapter 2. Here it is. I had to find my place. Give me a second. It says, Joel chapter 2, verse 12, it says this, Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your works. With all your what? 
Return to me with all that you do. Return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your heart. Do you hear that word again there? Rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love, and he relents from sending calamity. And then he's asking questions here. They're asking questions here. Who knows? He may turn and have pity and leave behind a blessing, grain offerings and drink offerings for the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion, declare a holy fast, call a sacred assembly, gather the people, consecrate the assembly, bring together the elders, gather the children, those nursing at the breast, let the bridegroom leave his room and the bride her chamber, let the priest who minister before the Lord weep between the temple porch and the altar, and let them say, spare your people, O Lord, do not make your inheritance an object of scorn a byword among the nations. Why should they say among the peoples, where is their God? Do you ever get that in your life? Like, are you ever, like, it seems like everything is coming against you and everything is hitting you and, like, there's no way and, like, there's no hope. And you feel like, can you imagine Jesus giving his life and, and like for us, they call it Good Friday. And I'm like, it was good for everyone but Jesus. <laughs> right? That was a hard Friday. So, I mean, it was really good for us. But Jesus gave his life. He didn't just give his life. He was paraded and he was crucified and he was mocked. And everybody that was supposed to love him and be there for him, they all left. They were gone. And he went through it all by himself into the fact that when he was on the cross, God couldn't even look on him anymore because he took every one of our sins. And when God turned his back, like I like to think of it like that, he's sitting here looking at Jesus and we think, oh, he turned his back on Jesus. It wasn't in disgust, but I think it was like, it's finished. Boom. This is what Jesus come for. He comes so you can be sons and daughters of the Most High God. He come to make a way for you and for me and for, for all of us. So, but like all the hurt, all the pain, all the darkness that you're ever going to go through, all you got to do is if you wonder about God's character and how much God loves you, you can look at the cross. You can look at what happened to Jesus. If you ever doubt that God loves you, he didn't just send a stranger. Like, it had been easy. Hey, why, why don't you? He's a king, right? So he could have sent a servant and said, hey, why don't you die for him? But he didn't. You know who he sent? He sent his son, his only son whom he loved. And he made it clear that's the son whom he loved. Just like when, when Abraham took Isaac up the mountain. He took, as he's taking him up the mountain, he says, I want you to take your son, your only son, the son whom you loved. And he's like, well, I'm not sure I love him. Maybe I'm mad at him. No, he loved him very much. And God provided a ram. He provided a sacrifice for, for um, Abraham. And just like that, he provided that sacrifice for us. But I think in our own lives, we can go through times. And we can see all the darkness in the world and all the stuff that's hitting us. And, and for Christians, a lot of times people say, well, you're going through that. Where is your God? Like, isn't he the God who's, who walked on water and, 
and who healed and, and who does all that. But look at all the stuff you're going through now. Where is your God? See, and that's what we get caught up in. It's because I think a lot of times they were saying the same thing. Like, oh, are you the son of God? Look, you died just like a normal man. But God had a plan. But God had a purpose. So they're saying, where, where is, is your God? But it gets better in Joel chapter 2. I love Joel chapter 2 because it's a promise. And, and it says, then the Lord will be jealous for his land and take pity on his people. The Lord will reply to them, I am sending you grain, new wine, and oil, enough to satisfy you fully. Never again will I make you an object of scorn among the nations. I will drive the northern army far from you, pushing it to the parched land, the barren land, with its front columns going into the eastern sea and those in the rear into the western sea, and its stench will go up and, the sm and its smell will rise. Surely he has done great things. Be not afraid, O land. Be glad and rejoice. Surely the Lord has done great things. And it goes on and it just gets better and it gets better and it gets better. But as I was reading Joel, and obviously we, we know Joel from, from Pentecost or Shavuot when it says in the last days I'll pour my spirit out upon all flesh, right? But before that pouring out of the Holy Spirit, we see a restoration too here. And I think some of us, I think we, we forget. We, it's easy to focus on the death of Jesus, but we forget that he rose again and that he lives. And he's just not a God that's far off, but he's a God that's here. And he's in us and he's with us, right? Amen. So you're like, well, Pastor James, I'm not so sure he rose again. I was like, well, <laughs> let's, let's read the Bible. How's that? So I'm going to go into Luke chapter 2, verse, all right, Luke chapter 2, Luke 24, verse 1. My glasses kind of broke, so now it's like, if I sit here, I can see it. If I'm here, I can't hardly see it. Because with me, Luke 24, verse 1 says this, on the first, thank you. To the rescue. Thank you. Okay, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the woman took their spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from, from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. Okay, so now we're going from Jesus died on the cross, and then they took his body and they placed it in a tomb, and, and they put a stone on the entrance and put guards around it, man. And so, but when they're going to, to this tomb, they come to the tomb and they're going to, to um, I don't know, what do you do? Dress it up, anoint it, put perfume on it, whatever. Like, anyway, like, why would you do that anyway? It's going to stink. Like, I mean, eventually, I mean, I don't understand all this stuff here, but anyway. They found this, it's, now listen to this. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the woman took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down at, with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? 
And this is something that, a question that I think we can ask ourselves nowadays too. Because we try to put our life in so much stuff that isn't what Jesus did. Like we're looking, we, we see the cross, and like for me, just to be real, I grew up in a real religious, um, legalistic environment. And so it was always this, do get good, get good, do bad, get beat. But the problem was my good was never good enough. And my bad, man, I didn't need to practice sin. I was good at it. <laughs> like there's a, like, so, so it was like everything that I would do, I would try really hard and I would try to put, put, you know, try to be good enough. And my dad was a pastor. And so we'd have these youth rallies when I was a kid and I'd go there and one, one, one week I'd get saved and then I'd come back the next week and I'd get saved again and I had no security because I was like, man, I'm going to hell and I know it because like I can't even fix my mind, let alone what I'm doing. And, and it, it was just spinning and it was just a circle and a circle and a circle. Am I the only one who's ever struggled with that? And I was got so tired that it happens to a point where you get so tired you don't even care anymore. So now I work with horses a lot, and I train horses, and we put them in round pins. And people are like, oh, I can get them in a round pin. That means you're connecting with the horse. And I was like, yeah, it means you can connect with that horse. But it also means you can run that horse down to a point where he's got nothing left in him. They literally break his spirit down to where he just sits there and just shakes. and's like, I don't care. Eat me. I ain't got nothing left in me. Go ahead. Eat me. And then they're like, look at me. Look what I did with this horse. And you didn't do nothing with that horse except exhaust it to the point where you don't even care if it lives or dies. And that's what religion does to us. That's what putting our hope in our own works to save ourselves is like getting in a round pin and running and running and running and running because you're never going to get it perfect because his, his command was not be good. It's be perfect as I'm perfect. And there's no way to be perfect aside from the sacrifice of Jesus. See, back in, in, in the Old Testament when they had the law, they didn't live. None of them were perfect. Not one of them was perfect. The Bible says for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. None of them were perfect. So what they they had a sacrifice. And so they didn't depend on what they did. They depended on the sacrifice. And it's all a setup. When they messed up, they had sacrifices. They, they had all kinds of sacrifices. It, it was doves. It was goats. It was oxen, whatever. There was tons and tons of sacrifices, but there was only one sacrifice that we need. You know what his name is? His name's Jesus. His name literally in Hebrew is Yeshua. And do you know what it means? It means I am salvation. So Jesus comes down and he says, who are you? I am salvation. How are you? You know, in, you know, maybe in Texas they need a clue. Right? I'm from Oklahoma, so I like I like to pick on Texans. But like, but like for most of us, we should get it. Hey, here I am. I am salvation. And he's not here to wear us out. And I always Jesus talked about it too. He says, To those who have, more will be given. To those who don't have, 
it will be taken away. And we're always thinking, oh, well, that's my money, or that's my car, or that's my thing. Like, I got a bunch of horses, and like, I'm always, we're always turning down free horses, aren't we? And it's like, it's like, we're like a magnet to horses. And I'm like, now I want to be a magnet to money and a magnet to blessings, too, you know? Because it takes that to take care of horses, right? So, so, like, you got a bunch of horses, you must be rich. And I was like, yes, I am rich. But uh, if I had the money to feed all of them all the time, would be even greater, right? But he said, said, those that have, more will be given. Those that don't have, what they do have will be taken away. When we're trying to live from a place to be good enough, we're always putting ourselves in that place where we don't have it. I don't have peace. I don't have love. I don't have God's presence. So I'm going to try to be good enough for it so that I can get it. And the truth is, is you'll never earn it through your works. And, and, but the good news is, what do you have? The Bible says he freely give us all things. When Jesus died on the cross, it says, while we were yet sinners, Jesus died for us. You know what that means? While we were still enemies uh, of God, he died for us. So what does that mean if now we're sons and daughters of a most high God? How should our opinion of that change now, right? So he's freely given us all things, which is his peace. It's his grace. It's his salvation. It's everything he is. And it comes not through what we do, but through who we are. You're right. You see what I'm saying? Because you are God's highest form of creation. You, he's in your DNA. You know, if you took your DNA, they found out that there's a little cross in the, in the middle of your DNA. God, in the, like that was before you even met Jesus. When Jesus died, he died for everyone. There, the cross made a difference. See, maybe you're out there and you don't know Jesus. You're not denying him. You're denying yourself. You are denying him too because he loves you. But just say, you know what, Father, forgive me. I believe in my heart. Come into my heart and watch what he'll do. He'll rock your world, man. So as I was just reading this, I was like, like we look for, for God in dead things, and anything that I try to do to make myself good enough for a perfect God is dead on the spot. And so I can't do it in my own works. i got to put my trust and my faith in him and in his finished work. The question is, did the cross make a difference? We either believe that it did, or we just want to keep running in the round pen until we can't. There is good news, though. Sometimes we do run, and we can run from God all we want. I found out I tried that, but I learned it's hard to run from someone who's everywhere. I mean, try it. It don't work. But I found that I could connect with him, and if I just quit running and come to the middle... I'd have that peace, and I'd have that hope, and I'd have, have that love. Because all that horse is doing is trying to survive. And a lot of times all we're trying to do is survive. 
got bills hitting us. There's relationships hitting us. There's all kinds of problems in the world. There's a, just watch the news if you want to get frustrated. Or you can trust God and focus on Him. Trust God and focus on His promises. Because I promise you, what you focus on is what you give power to in your life. What are you looking at? What are you watching? Where are your eyes? Because wherever your eyes are at, that's where you're going to go. So here, they're coming to... to and I love this, because it, it says, like, my Bible's got subtitles on it. And, and I'm, I appreciate that, because it always sets me up for my preaching. But it says the victorious resurrection. But there, it seems kind of quiet to me. Like, I'm sure it wasn't quiet when, when Jesus, you know, resurrected. Like, the Bible says that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. And when he died, he died, and when he rose again, he come up. They say, the, some scholars say it was like a nuclear explosion because it, like, it threw the rock out of the way. The soldiers, it doesn't say they're soldiers there laying on the ground right there. Do you know why? Because it was so powerful that when it hit... It says they all fell out as dead, man. But when they come to, they went running. He's, he's alive. He's alive. He's, he's not dead. Something happened. The tomb's empty. And here's something that I really love is because these guys weren't even believers yet. But this affected them to the core. This was a miracle for themselves. And they didn't even know it. Because they were sent to guard something that was dead. And it didn't stay dead. He's alive. And see, I always, I always, and I don't know why, in my religious mind, I always picture Jesus as, as being resurrected and going to heaven, but I forgot that his body was resurrected. Like, Jesus is sitting in heaven in a resurrected human body. See, now I'm blowing some of your guys' minds. They're like, what are you like? You he didn't resurrect just as a spirit. Now read the scripture. His body is not in that tomb. He has a resurrected, transformed body. Now it says this. If we shared in his death, how much more will we share in his life? So now watch this. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in heaven. Lives in, in Dubai, lives in, in New York City, lives in Mars, lives in outer space. But that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead that caused this lives where? Anybody? Where? Man, we should be excited. That makes me excited. I want to like run, you know, jump up and down and be excited. Hey, that same spirit that exploded and brought Jesus back to life lives inside of me. And the Bible says that he can make my mortal body alive. He can make us more alive than ever. The Bible says, be not conformed to this world. And, and our works is part of this world, but be transformed by 
the renewing of our mind. What is that renewing? That renewing is I'm made new. I am a son and daughter of the Most High. Well, Jesus never said that. Give me a break. You ever see the Lord's Prayer? He, he, he doesn't say our God in heaven. He says, our Father who art in heaven. You know what? He's already including you before the cross. And if he included you before the cross, how much more after the cross? And you know what? When we try to do and, and gain stuff on our own, we're really just looking for the living among the dead. God says, man, I want to breathe life into you. And I want to breathe hope into you. Into every situation, and everything that you're going through, I want to breathe my life. He's saying, hey, live. And then in my name, is like, I don't know, did Jesus say in the name of Jesus after he got done praying? <laughs> you know what that really means? When you say in the name of Jesus, what you're saying is literally in the nature of Jesus, in the power of Jesus, in that authority. We are seated in Christ. That's why we say in Jesus' name at the end of our prayers. It's not just a fancy saying. There's something powerful in it. Right? I try not to say right, but I can't help it. I could say wrong. Wrong? Some people say, yes, that's wrong. Why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here. He's risen. But he just didn't rise and go off into heaven. He said, it's better for me if I go away because I'll send my comforter. Guess this. We're in Christ and he's in us. So we were just doing the, the matzatas. It's not, it sounds like a dance, doesn't it? Let's do the matzatas. Everyone stand up, right? It's not a dance, right? It's, it's a little... It's a little like, what would you call that? It's like a fabric, and it's got um, three different partitions, and you put the matzah in, and the matzah represents the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, or Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But um, as I was thinking about it, it represents that there's one matzah tosh, but there's three different, three different um, personalities in there. Three, the, like in the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Three gods, three in one, right? One God. Jesus said, I and the Father are one. Okay, now listen to me. Now, I, we believe in the Trinity, right? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but in one God. It's called Echad. Hero Israel, the Lord is God. He is one. Now, he said he's one with the Father, but we're also one in him. Now, if we're one in him, and he's one with the Father, doesn't that mean that we're one with the Father, too? Pastor James, you can't preach that. That's not religious enough. <laughs> what it's going to do is it's going to set us free. And that's what I want. I'm not interested in anything else than being set free and seeing other people set free so that we can live in Christ, live inside out, live, live, have him live in us and through us. And um, we're the body of Christ. Like he's, he's 
he's the head of the church. But you know what? He's still alive today. And he's alive in and through you. And if we ever get a grasp of that, like, and I love eschatology. I love studying escalators. Like, I thank, thank God for them, because when I'm at the, elevator, at the airport, we got these escalators, and I can get up, and it's way easier, you know? I'm just kidding. It's, not, it's the study of the end times, right? But here, here's the thing, is we get so caught up focusing on Jesus coming back, we forget that we are his body right here and right now. And it's almost like we're sleeping when we could be awake and letting Christ himself, Jesus himself, live through us. And he said, it's, it's better for me to go away because greater things will you do. What's he saying? Well, greater things will you do, but also greater things. Why? Because he's living in you and you and you and you and you and you and them and them and them. And if we ever grasp that as believers, that we are the body of Christ, there is nothing on this earth that can't be done. We're celebrating Resurrection Sunday, but God's like, I want to do a resurrection in your life. I want to do a resurrection in your heart. I want to do something that you think's dead. There's something that you think's dead and hopeless, and there's not ever going to. And God's like, I'm getting ready to come up, and I'm going to go, hey, I'm going to breathe life, live. That's what he did. He took dirt in, in a garden, the Garden of Eden. It was, it was paradise dirt, right? That's what, what all these ladies are like, yeah, we were made, made of bone, but you were made of dirt, you know? And I'm like, well, it was paradise dirt, you know? <laughs> so that's good dirt. You know, there's a difference between good dirt and bad dirt. If you were from where I'm at, they plant, plant and grow stuff. I'm telling you, there's a difference between good dirt and bad dirt. Guys, we're good dirt, right? Don't let him. But he took dirt and he formed a man and he went, hey. And he breathed life. Do you know what that means? He's a God who can breathe life into anything you need life breathed into. What looks dead in your life? What looks hopeless in your life? Maybe you are in the round pen, running around. Maybe you're tired. Man, I did. And that's the, the law. Where's you out? God even said the law wasn't for us to keep. It was to lead us to Jesus. Like, well, then how am I perfect? You're perfect in Him. You got some work to do. But it's not a work to get right. It's a living because you are right. I'm going to close. They told me I had to be done. By, they said I can't go to like 2 o'clock today. <laughs> Someone's got dinner plans. Romans chapter 5 verse 1 says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through our works or through what? Through, through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through whom we have gained access by our works. By, by what? Faith. By faith into this grace in which we now stand. 
The Bible says we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth and we're saved. It's about our heart. Remember when I was reading in Joel? He's talking about return to me with your heart. Not, not serving, trying to do something out of our egos and out of our flesh, but trust in him living as who you really are. You are a spirit. You have a soul and you live in a body. These bodies pass away, but you're going to live forever. Now he says this, who have gained access by faith into his grace in which we now stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings. Why are we rejoicing in our sufferings? Why would we rejoice? Because we know. We know that he's made a way. Remember I was reading in Exodus when they, God was telling them to get ready for the... To, for the um, death of the firstborn by putting a Passover lamb on, on, on the doorpost of their house. And he says, you're going to do this for generations and generations and generations. I want you to remember this while you're reclining and you're sitting back and this will be something you do forever. And they're like, they had never heard of Passover. Like they hadn't even been freed yet from this. They're waiting. This is before that night ever began. Now think about that. And God's already seeing the finish. He's already seeing it completed. And that's what Jesus did on the cross too. There wasn't a resurrection yet. He didn't raise, raise from the dead and then float up in the air like Superman. Say, hey, it's finished. said it on the cross. He said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and he gave his life. You know what that tells me? That it was finished before anyone else saw it. And I'm telling you, those promises that God's given you, those things you're going through that look impossible right now, God says it's finished, it's done. Focus on me, focus on the promise. And you'll see a resurrection, even if you don't feel it right now. You might see the suffering. Jesus felt the suffering, but there's a resurrection coming. Because God poured out his love into our hearts. Into where? By the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Now listen to this, because I can't say it any better than Paul. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him. For if when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? 
very powerful when you think about that. That's my last question. How much more? When we were separated, when we were enemies, God sent His Son. And now that we're sons and daughters, He said, if you ask for a fish, I ain't going to give you a snake. If you ask for bread, I'm not going to give you a rock. If we know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more will our Heavenly Father give us good things? So we can celebrate. The cross made a difference, but that resurrection, it's still happening. And we can celebrate it every day as he resurrects us through us. Amen? Amen. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about us, check out our website at www.silverlakebaptist.org.